<laughs> if anyone wants to see two giraffes fight, I put a video in, in the, yeah. Okay. Slamming <laughs> each other. It's like weird, like the mayor, like the, how they mate is kind of similar to how they fight, except they're doing it more gently. But then when yeah. the males get it, they like slam their necks together, like Jesus. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's because like a bunch of their bones, like, or it's not a bunch of bones. It's like it's only a couple of bones makes up like their whole neck. So like, yeah, when they hit each other, it just flops around. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty funny. It's like you just—I remember Tune Hole. They did this. They do these like really fucked up cartoons, and there was this one where this um, this giraffe was like plopping out her baby, and at the same time, simultaneously, a crocodile was eating it. I'm like, oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> Tune hole. They're messed up people, but they're great. They're great. Cool. <laughs> they're usually cold lately, dude. Like I walked around yesterday. Like, okay, so so guys, I'm gonna be the next one to pop out. I know we have some people waiting to come in, but I just want to say one more quick congratulations for the hundred consecutive episodes. Nice job, guys. And on a slightly more personal note uh, for Greg and Dylan, I really appreciated what you did for me in particular and for the indie community. Uh, one of my greatest memories, I will tell you, was when we did our world building podcast. And just thank you so much, man. I wish you every success. Yeah. Thank you. Your, your podcast is like one of the best on our YouTube channel, by the way. <laughs> is it really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because you actually bring people. Chuck's over there like... Yeah. <laughs> I feel real fortunate. I agree with, I think it was uh, Matt. I, I forget who said it exactly, but man, about the community, and I have definitely felt included. And thank you so much, everybody, for everything. Enjoy your yeah. Sunday. <laughs> thank you, you too. Can I ask the, the panel a question, a comics creation question? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Since you were asked, you were talking about uh, page turns earlier. And uh, a situation that I ran into on my last um, compilation, you have all your single issues with your uh, your nicely thought out page turns, right? And then you go to put them into a graphic novel, and it throws it off. Throws it off. Uh, what do you do? Do you add extra pages or advertisements? Print. Art print. Hundred percent. Add something in there. That way, your your yeah. your left hand side and right hand side pages always stay the same. Um, you know, especially like if you're going to a, like for us, we did Misfits Clubhouse and we released a Kickstarter um, version of it. It's going to also be coming out on Scout and we have to let them know, hey, the odd number pages we're sending you fall on the left side, the even numbers fall on the right or vice versa so that they don't print it accidentally the wrong way too. Because like Chuck said, the page turns, you don't want the page turns on the left-hand side because it throws the whole book off. Yeah. Well, so the way I explain page turns to a lot of newer creators when I'm working with them is that it's like commercials on a TV show. So start watching your, your not, not streaming shows, but go watch like a half an hour sitcom or something. And you see they build up to that moment where they go to commercial. They always know where their commercials are going to be. If you just started putting that commercial in in random spots, you're completely fucking up the flow of that show. And so it would be the same thing with your book. So if you have an opportunity, yeah, just put an art print in there or some kind of title page or something to allow you to keep up that flow. You built it in a very specific way. Try your best to keep it that way. My biggest thing was I had a double page spread and I was like, I don't care if everything else is, uh, is screwed up as long as my double page spread is 
and I, I find also with page turn reveals, it can be very beneficial, especially for horror, I find, um, but for any genre, to have, and I learned this looking at Junji Ito, who's a master of horror comics, uh, manga in his case, uh, to have the reaction to what the page turn is going to be revealed on a little panel on the bottom right of the page coming up to it, so you can see the, what the character is reacting and then be like, oh, what are they looking at? And you turn the page and, oh my god, what is that, right? Um, so having it build up in that way um, can be really helpful. Oh, Christian, you, you're muted. I think Greg yeah. might have muted because yeah, the wind for a second. Wind. It, yeah. You just unmute yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I just you because of the wind. I wanted to add to that conversation that you should never be cheap and you should you should never uh, compromise your story because you're you know trying to save a four page spread or something you know if it's a saddle stitched um and i see a lot of creators do that like they'll um buy ads to save 25 cents maybe a copy i don't think you should do that i think i'd rather i don't know i'd rather just charge more and and make a better product yeah and honestly if you if you're doing a uh if you're doing a graphic novel of multiple works you could also just separate them with that cover art from the original that'll reset right. it too like that's another way to kind of add that and if you need a page to make the cover art on the appropriate side then you could share concept art you can you know, any anything that you worked on for it would be a good way like and that's also like a bonus like oh the graphic yeah. novel it comes with additional clips like there, there, there's like non-fiction books that do that they'll be like oh this is a story of my life and in the center there's a bunch of photos just for the looks so you can certainly right. do that like you know in a comic book a uh, for the extra page yeah mapping your world yeah i like the stuff that uh, timothy was showing earlier like that's excellent I think I got to get out of here, guys, but thank you um, so much for what you've done for the community and for me personally. I really appreciate all the opportunities to work on uh, Sierra Chronicles, and I'm really looking forward to continuing that. And congratulations on your 100th episode, uh, guys. I can't wait for 100 more. <laughs> thank you. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good one. Chris, <laughs> Matt, Christy, Dave, Dylan, blah blah blah. You know, yeah, and, and etc. That's Trish. I'm awful with names. Awesome sauce. Hey, Mike. Sorry, I'm doing stuff with Kickstarter. You're particularly awful with names when the names are below everyone's faces. <laughs> All right. I, lo I love you, Mike, but I had to talk shit. <laughs> Like we gave oh, you a hint uh, or something. Dwayne. Dwayne, you want to talk a little bit about your Kickstarter since you are like our main guest that we had? Uh, yeah, we can talk about my Kickstarter. Um, I was just listening to everybody, you know, because I'm still like the new guy, so I don't really know anybody, so I'm just enjoying the conversations and stuff. But yeah, my Kickstarter is uh, called Salvation. It's about the mini character. His name is Vaughn. In his world, he's what you call is a relic. And basically, a relic is someone that is born with demon blood. And he was born, he was given a mysterious uh, mark on his right hand that he's looking to get information, more information on it. He feels that the only person that can actually get give him the information that he needs 
is this powerful shaman named uh, Solomon. So in the first issue or issue zero, he's actually in search of him and trying to get more information on where you might be. And um, in issue one, he actually uh, finds him and he gives him the information on what his curse mark is along with more information. And um, it's it's really a, an action horror story that uh, we, it's gonna be a lot, a lot of issues going in. My brother, he's the uh, creator of it, I'm the artist. Um, we have uh, tons and tons of awards that we're going to be having uh, that we got available now. And we're going to be making a few more as the thing goes on. But um, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's just so it's a really, it starts out really kind of, it's a great way to uh, kind of start the world because the story starts kind of in the middle and then it kind of, in the first issue, it kind of really explains the world in, in, a, in a broader view. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm super excited about the series and uh yeah. Yeah, that's the Kickstarter. Is your Kickstarter running right now, or is it gonna? Is it yeah. upcoming? It's available. Yeah, it's available right now. Yeah, yeah. the link is in the comments. Um, what was that? I can hear you. I just put the link in the comments. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's available now. Um, so far, we're doing pretty good. We got, I believe, the last time I checked was uh, twenty backers. Uh, we started the twenty second, so it's a little slow. We always kind of have like a, you know, a little bit of a. Bit. Of a small, slow moving, uh, but slow, slow motion is better than no motion at all. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much the whole cake. That's what I tell the wife. <laughs> that's what I tell your wife, too. Oh, I just, you just said, wow, shot fired. That was excellent. The thing that freaks me out is right before Christian said that, I'm like, I can say that's what I told your wife, too, but no, I'm not going to go there. As soon as my head stopped that thought, Christian said it. I'm like, dang, man. What kind of asshole would say that? <laughs> but, on, but on a serious note, like I do have like a question because um, I wanted to ask a question about uh, storytelling. Oh. Basically, I was I was uh, reading a biography in chronology of uh, Alan Moore's career, and there was a lot of quotes from him from previous interviews. And his strongest works, he felt early in his career were V for Vendetta and Watchmen. And the reason for those being that they had ideas underneath them that they were com conveying. One was about totalitarianism, uh, the other about uh, kind of, uh, I, I, Watchmen, I guess, about global uh, politics to some extent. And there was like ideas. And then, uh, he mentioned that some of his most popular works, like The Killing Joke, were very popular because they're mainstream characters. But he, he said he liked that the least because it was about nothing. Like to him, it was just, yeah, okay, it's an interplay between characters, but there's no ideas conveyed underneath. So I see a lot of like these Kickstarters and like comics that are like superhero based, and that's okay. I'm curious to know your each of your perspectives about that concept of like should should we aim as writers and artists, you know, preferably like uh, combined or like as a as a writer as a plotter, um, should we aim for some sort of dialogue underneath the story? 
that's deeper than just like people punching each other. I, I, I'll say at least in, in my opinion, I think that m most like works that are long-term remembered, right? There might be some famous stuff that happens in the short run. Like, you know, that's what, you know, trends and fads are, but the stuff that is like the long lasting work is the stuff that has deeper meaning that isn't thrown in your face. It's just really good storytelling, right? So when, the, when there's, when there's lessons in books, like that's why I like the, what is it, like Fahrenheit 451, like a classic, right? Like it's not thrown in your face what government entity they might be referencing or what political party they might be referencing. It's specifically an idea that they're portraying in a really good story format. They intentionally take it so out of realism, like firefighters who start fires, right? They're taking it so far out of realism that you don't, you're not stuck on what they might be referencing now. They're just trying to build a, um, you know, just trying to build an idea in your mind. And there, there's a concept that uh, politics is downstream of culture and culture is built through entertainment, right? And entertainment uh, is obviously in the hands of the creators. And so <clears throat> the excellent creators of our time who want to put forth the message that best way to do it is in storytelling, but obviously the best stories are also the ones that it's not jammed in your face. So I think, I think is that, you know, if you want your story to be, remember we were talking about legacy earlier, then you're going to want to have some deeper meaning Right. Like even in our comics, uh, one of our characters, we were going to kill off and we're like, no, like the part that makes him, you know, interesting, the, even though it's, he's going to be an evil character, the part that makes him interesting is the part that makes him human. And so by really like showcasing like these are the things like that, that's why so many people love the Joker, like not not the Joker in general, but even the most recent Joker, like they it shows you a tormented man and what that can do to you. Right. And like that's the type of stuff like, you know. That, that people want to like think about and develop and you can only really do that in these surreal stories and so yeah absolutely i think uh you should be putting something in your story that's a little deeper than just you know bad guy you know or good guy punches bad guy and i would actually completely disagree um at the end of the end you know here's the thing though importance is what's important to you and at the end of the day really this is entertainment. We're trying to entertain people. We are all in the entertainment business. And so I get that for Alan Moore, it was really important to discuss these really super important things and, and have these, that's, that's great, but that's not necessarily what people want. A lot of times they just want people punching faces and they want to escape and get away from all of that shit. And so, um, uh, I think to have to force some kind of importance onto everything you do, like, can you imagine if all of a sudden fucking Garfield had to be talking about world history and, 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 and politics and all that kind of, no, but Gar Garfield is fucking iconic and he hates Mondays and likes lasagna. Like who, wh how does that even fucking matter? It doesn't because it's fun and it's entertaining and everything has its place. So when you want to go important, yeah, take it seriously and really think about how you want to do those beats and all that. But I think that feeling like you have to do that every time, I honestly feel like it's going to be soul sapping. I, I do agree with that. I, I agree with the not every time part. Because yeah, yeah. ironically, it's so funny. I haven't thought about Garfield in forever. 
a week ago, I started watching <laughs> the cartoon on Netflix really, really randomly. But okay. the interesting thing is like, yes, most episodes are him being fat, lazy, and uh, all that stuff. But the point is that of every couple of episodes, there is a like a family yeah. value interest to it. So yes, I agree. You sh- that's why it meant by like, it shouldn't be slammed in someone's face. You absolutely, yeah. but like the, the difference between like One Punch Man and Dragon Ball Z. One Punch Man, people love it. It's like the over-the-top anime where obviously he's breaking all the, uh, like the, or he's overplaying like the super, super, superhero, right? But then there's Dragon Ball Z, which is an iconic thing that will be around forever. It's got a Macy's Day flow, and that teaches a lot of lessons about friendship and family in it. And yes, every episode isn't like that. There's some episodes, ah, forever, right? Like, but yeah, so I agree that if, especially if it's a series, you don't need every single part of that series to yeah. be a lesson. But if you don't have lessons, you it won't be memorable. Like we, we remember those lessons. That's why, like the Odyssey, the most, uh, you know, the, what was it, a two thousand year story that was never written down until eventually it did. Like that's why it was remembered was because of the lessons in it, not because it was just a great story. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the most thing important. I was gonna say was. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Gavin. No, 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 go, go, you. Go, uh, the go. thing I was going to say was another thing that's most important, too, is that you got to have characters that are relatable, something that you can feel with the characters. So when the story starts, you, you you know, it may not start right from the beginning, but as the story goes on, it might be something that you can like, yeah, you know, what? I always kind of had that problem or, you know, oh, I really do feel with this character. For the uh, for, take my example, you know, my my character that I was just talking about, my character Vaughn, he's a he's a very tortured soul, and he, but he's still a nice person, and that's one of the things that we kind of wanted to talk about within the story without talking about that in the story is that he goes through all these trials and tribulations, but he doesn't change who he is, even though he has his demon blood, and people look at him as this evil person because of it. He doesn't portray that at all. He's still a kind person. He's still caring. And, you know, so, you know, things like that is something that people can relate to. You know, people go through many bad things in life. And there's some people that can, you know, dive into that that world of negativity and let that take over their, their whole personality and change who they truly are. But there are some that are strong enough to go, you know what, I'm having a bad day or I'm having a bad year, but I'm going to continue on and, and be better for it. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I think having people, characters that are relatable is very important. We, we have a mantra with everything we do at Insymmetry Creations, and that's we want to create characters people can relate to and universes people want to escape into. That doesn't say what the characters are or why they can be related to or what the universe is, and it kind of slots right in between what Chuck and Dylan said. Let your story be your story. Let it have integrity. Um, I'll give you a quick little um, excerpt from the music world. There was Back in the day, there were two bands, Mortification and Deicide, and People used to say Mortification and Deicide need to tour together because they're exactly the same band. One was overtly Christian and one was overtly satanic. And the reason why people would say this about them is they felt like at the time they both put their message over top of what their art form was. And they felt like they were compromising the art because they were so intent on getting their message out there. And I think that that really plays into what Chuck had said is that if if we all are creating and we have got a message that is so overt and the art form and the way that we actually tell it is compromised and becomes a secondary to the message we're trying to get out, then it becomes forced. Then it's only going to be appealing to a very, very, very small group of people. You want to make sure that what you are doing 
is has so much integrity that people don't care what your message is because they want to be a part of that book because they love it so much despite the message. Whether I mean, and think about today, we are so segmented as a population about, I believe this, I believe that, I'm on this side, I'm on that side. We don't care what side anybody is on. We just want to write a good story that everybody can come together and enjoy at the same time. And that might be the only thing that people need to be able to unite. Yeah, what I wanted to say <clears throat> on this topic was, um, I think it's perfectly fine to have um, a worldview or a message communicated through your work. I think the most important thing to put out good work is to be is to have it be something that you're very excited about and that gets you really pumped and like you can't contain it because this is the thing that you really, really want to tell. Whether that does have, whether the, for Alan Moore, having communicating his worldview is what gets him pumped. So that's what he feels is going to be his best work. If it's uh, just, you know, a story that you thought was really cool um, and you, you, and you can't stop thinking about it. I think that's the perfect reason to tell that story. Um, I think the only time you're ever going to really go wrong is if you're letting like market research dictate what your next work is going to be. And I've heard some creators be like, what you need to do is you need to survey all your readers and see what their favorite thing is and then make a book based on that. And that's how you'll be successful. And I think that's the worst advice you could give because if your readers all ask for something and it's not something that you really get jazzed about, you're not going to put your heart and soul into it and it's going to show on the page. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I, I was going to agree with the fact that I think the, the, my belief is that most people who are very passionate about a story, it's because there's some underlying value. It doesn't have to be super dividing or anything like that. It's just that typically like, that's what I meant about like the one punch man versus Dragon Ball Z. Like, there's people that live and breathe Dragon Ball. Like I literally got into weightlifting because of an anime, right? If I work out more, I can get stronger, right? Like if, if, if I get stronger, I can help defend my friends, right? Like, like that's something that you, that's a very valuable lesson. And it's, it, even if it's simple, like I, I think that's the key is like, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be some like huge profound thought. It can be as basic as, you know, treat your friends kindly. You know what I mean? Like it, it could be that kind of basic, like even Rick and Morty is an absolute nonsense show. And yet there are values that each of the characters portray. And the only reason that the writers can give you that value is mostly because of the fact that you, you, they care a lot about that, that subject they're talking about. People love Rick because he's extremely intelligent, can basically do whatever he wants, and he gets to tell people to F off. That's like almost just the value of like freedom, like not being restrained. Then you have the, the Morty that even though he's stupid, like he, he's very caring about his family and other people. So like either, each of those is valuable in, the, in their own. You know, I kind of think it's kind of funny with the whole fear thing, like you were talking about being fearless, like Rick is fearless. It's so amazing to see how many people are in fear and people are like, well, it's this thing and that thing. I'm like, no, people have like gotten into helicoptering so much and this hypervigilant, hypervigilantism, I guess not vigilantism, but like they're hypervigilant all the time over the stupidest shit. Like, okay, so some of you guys know that some of me or my friends, my account got spoofed, right? Didn't get taken over. I still have my old account. Everything's fine, right? So some of my friends just were on it and they're like, Hey, is that you? Did you make another account? And I said, no, it's fine. You know, I, I didn't make another account. Oh, let me go fuck with them. 
you know, that's how some of my friends were, or some of them reported it. It's like, but there were a couple of friends that reflected back to me. They were like going, oh my God, are you going to be okay? Be careful and everything. It's like, dude, the guy is not showing up at my house with a gun. Just fucking report him, block him or fuck with him. I don't care. You know? And some of the shit that my friend, some of the shit that my friends have sent to me as screenshots were fucking hilarious, but I decided to take that and instead say, guys, if you, if there's like a thing about me and everything, I just want to let you know it's not true. Just like put it up, say, hey, somebody tried to spoof me. And like what the funniest thing is how that person tried to spoof my account was they put hippie peace birds on it. It's like, I am not a fucking hippie peace birds shit. You know that this is fucking fake. I don't think people understand that Christy Shin is probably the worst person to mess with because <laughs> if you mess with her, it is going to be of epic proportions. She got some, uh, some phallically uh phallically challenged individuals that had sent her pictures previously and let yeah. me let you know this that that individual's phallically challenged self was then um rebroadcast multiple times even to people who probably didn't want it um, <laughs> uh, because she was like hey if they're gonna do this and they have this issue happening i'm gonna make sure that i get my money's worth out of this they thought they were gonna harm me i'm gonna show them who's boss around here and it is normally christy shin aka the demon bitch yeah i mean people call me a demon bitch even though it's after a disgusting character it's like almost a compliment like demon bitch demon bitch demon bitch but yeah no i mean it's just like this weird sort of thing where we kind of have made shit so unsafe in our heads and it's like the guy just spoofed your account just announce it make fun of it and if your friends ask you just tell them yeah either block or delete it but if you have some of my friends that are assholes you know they'll just go like oh gonna go fuck with them now let me see what happens so it's just like, you know, it's just like have fun with it. Even with those pieces of shit that try to go and spoof my account, it like just use it to make yourself more popular and do it in a way that's humorous. So, yeah. I didn't know Kristen said anything. I think Kristen wants to talk. Kristen's on mute. Yeah. Muted. And yeah, so it's a little loud here, but I, I will have to step off. Fantastic discussion. I wanted to just add one other thing that I learned from that Alan Moore book and uh, he said all his scripts are generally a first draft and that's the reason that he he structures it like so thoroughly and you know like if you've ever seen like that that big page that he did for uh, big numbers you know where like he charted over 12 issues like every character's motivation um, so so I just wanted to kind of lay that on you guys uh, as, as writers that like, especially with comics, uh, when it's serialized, every draft, like every issue is a first draft. So what you do before is like paramount in terms of preparation. And that's something that uh, I, you know, I definitely consider if I'm serializing something. Um, I wish I could stay for this discussion, and but I, I have to get on the, on the train and everything. Love you guys. Thank you. Congratulations Thank you. on a hundred shows. Thank and you. All the best with all you guys. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah Thanks I'm... for the wife burn. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Uh, that was funny. Five. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. I've had a lot of girls hit on me too before. It was great. It was great. It's like, 
yeah there was like i mean it they weren't they were really cute girls but i'm just like sorry honey no i, <laughs> I don't go that way. and they're not like well you know you haven't no no honey i i i did a bunch of stuff in my 20s we i've no i've been there <laughs> Ooh, travis Kim coming Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely one of the first like five we talked to. I remember was he number three? No, he was like eight so, or something. And he said So that. now I agree we should shut down the show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, we got these stupid kids and I started laughing during this whole like touching backstory. I started laughing. <laughs> yeah. He was like episode seven or eight or something like that and then he's like i won't come back until you watch terminator because i didn't watch terminator before that i don't mean podcast he was i forgot that though he wasn't the early podcast i mean he was one of the first people we chatted with though too oh <clears throat> like around there yeah it's probably like the sixth person or something. he's like yeah not number five probably number six <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you guys got any other questions try not all yeah Wait for Travis. Oh, oh, deep oh, in thought. Oh, there hey Travis, what's up? Uh, well, I heard that this was the people still waiting for dog days uh, meeting. I heard <laughs> meet yearly, and I just wanted to, just wanted to pop in. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. The annual <laughs> board meeting. <laughs> the, the the yearly meeting just to complain about it or or is this people waiting for ink two? This yes. is this ink two this is turn over. So you missed it. The, the meeting already happened. Somebody said, Has dog days happened yet? The reply was no. Okay, next topic. <laughs> Glad to know. Glad to know. <laughs> yeah, we talked about um like what I do to like un unsolicited wieners and um spoof fucking profiles. Isn't that what demon bitch is all about? Yeah, well, I mean, yesterday, yeah. I don't know if you saw Travis on my Facebook, but somebody tried to imitate me. And the thing that they fucked up on that my friends knew that was actually not correct and they knew it wasn't me because there was hippie peace birds all over my fucking avatar. Uh, I'm like, they know I don't, not into that shit. Fuck that. So, so all of them were like contacting me and like, hey, did you make a new profile? I said, no. And they said, okay, I'll go fuck with them. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just went and started fucking with them. Nice. So you had a Kickstarter, and then you're going to have another one, like, very soon. So, uh, yeah. How was uh, Granite State Punk? Oh, right. like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm only here for a couple minutes. Sorry. I just wanted to celebrate the 100th, to be honest. If, get rid of the kidding. Uh, yeah, I have uh, two, two books out this month, actually. I have uh, Cthulhu Invades Wonderland, which is a huge one. Um, and then I partner with uh, the collective, and I I run the collective. It's their book, but I I kind of run it. Armstrong runs it on the back end uh, for Tales of Collective Two. Um, so that's going to be launching on Monday, and then uh, Granite uh, not Granite State Punk, Cthulhu Invades Wonderland is on St. Patty's Day. So drink some green beer with us, and uh, you know celebrate big giant green monsters. Is it gonna be a bigger Hulk uh, book smash? Than, <laughs> is it gonna be a bigger book than um the first Oz? One? Oz? Yeah. No, so one page be... smaller, just because we wanted to piss you off. Like it's blank <laughs> white pages in one page yeah. smaller. Yeah, always go cheaper to save money. That's a Kickstarter tip oh, one. Right. <laughs> you could just no, buy ad uh, there. 
Yeah, it's 200 pages. Uh, it's ridiculous. 200 pages of ads? <laughs> <laughs> all, all ads for other Kickstarters. <laughs> buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Kickstarter book of Kickstarters that are going to be running soon or already expired. <laughs> a a three-page preview of Dark Days. Yeah, and, you, and you have to release it after they've all, all the Kickstarters have been completed, too. So, like, you'll, you'll, you'll print it out. You'll hold on to it for a couple months. They've all completed. Then you ship that out. <laughs> you know exactly how Orange Cone runs business. That's fantastic. You know, or, or what you can do is that you could sell the copies that you already got of your book before you fulfill the Kickstarter orders. I've seen people do that, too. People do we, that a lot. I've seen people do that shit. I'm like, why didn't you? I actually, I want to make a Kickstarter book that only advertises crowdfunders that don't fulfill. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just call it we'll just call it Indiegogo. Oh. oh yeah, I fucking went there. It's like oh that's weird. We just got a copyright strike. What is that? <laughs> Did you see Ethan Van Syrum's response to people who asked for their money back for a two year old book? It was no. ridiculously harsh. Like I'm not trying to throw shade on the guy, but like it was ridiculously harsh. Like, hey, Go fuck yourself. Everyone else knows quality takes time. They're like, how about you stop doing, you know, five videos a day, you know, <laughs> book. there's your time. <laughs> it was there, I mean, it's just like, man, like the public fights have been stupid. Like last week I almost got into a public internet fight, but it's not with any of those guys. It was just like somebody trying to pick a fight. Right. Fuck knows about it and shit. I, I didn't want to like really publicize it, but it was just like, Man, what? And I just ignored them, and they got angry. <laughs> I did like the thing that I normally don't do, and I ignored them, and they got madder and madder. I'm like, all right, whatever. What, what See, it works. Off, what usually pisses people off? What, what I do? I usually just ignore them, or um, just don't give a shit. And but I like show that in my face, and then mm -hmm. that, I guess yeah, that's, it's just Greg's normal face. It's it's yeah. resting, don't give a fuck face. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah like, my normal face. There's like resting bitch face, and then there's resting don't give a shit, and then there's another one called resting murder face. Like people say, people go like going like, "Wow, Christy, what do you do?" I think you have that resting bitch face. I said, "No, I have resting murder face. I'm actually a very amiable person. Just don't annoy me, and I'll kill, or I'll kill you." Kind of thing. As you're rolling up white plastic tarp in the back, it's. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those things. It's like Don't worry I, for a show. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me. I'm gonna do a little search on fucking ricin. I wonder how that can happen. <laughs> no, I. Uh, but it, it's just. It was funny. It was just kind of weird, and it was like, like, okay. I just thought it was great. You're like, you know, resting murder face, and then Travis Gibb is in the dark, and it's like you can only see his furrowed brow, and he's just like, yeah, I'm definitely not about to kill somebody. <laughs> you know what? Actually. Go on. No, no, Trav, you just got here. Go. Go, please. I'm only here for 15 minutes. I, I, uh, I so that's why you should talk. I'm going to the AEW wrestling thing tonight, so uh, I've got to drive to Orlando and all sorts. Yeah, you're going to the pay per view, huh? It's yeah, it could be an interesting show. It, it looks good. It's, it looks better than WrestleMania, so I mean. <laughs> Is that um, like their WrestleMania, or do they not? have No, a, I, I don't no. think it's their WrestleMania. I don't no. know what they consider their WrestleMania. I, I don't think I don't think any of They're their shows new. is their WrestleMania. I feel like as a smart company, they are promoting every show as if it's the most important show ever in the history of our company. And then two weeks later, they'll have another most important show. But they do a good job of making every show feel that way. 
Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's the great thing about promotion, right? Like, you have yeah. to do that. Because I uh, don't watch wrestling really anymore, but sometimes on YouTube I do see, like, I saw, like, CM Punk's, like, return, and I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I think I'm doing it backwards because I've already started working on a lot of the Kickstarter stuff for Bilal 3, and I'm like, if you were going to miss one, this is the one. It's okay to not buy this one. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better to buy four so you can get them all at once. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you need to buy every single book of Demon Bitch because you have no idea when you're going to need toilet paper again. Or fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know the power can be cut at any moment. You need some starter Kindle, you know. And you know what? Considering, considering that, like, uh, pa paper's gotten more expensive, you know, this is a valued commodity right here. Right. And that's like three ply shit going on too. So that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, the, just don't get the glossy one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm getting a. I'm doing a hardcover. I think when I get past a certain point, so it'll be great oh, Kindle too. Yeah. So, so, Mr. Knowles, I know we always get a surprise something in the last little bit of your campaign. Have I missed the surprise something, or is it coming at this last little episode thing? So, let's see what we've done here. So, we uh, so we did the cross promo with Drumsticks of Doom right. uh, that we just, just did like a couple of days ago. So, we have that. It's going to be a metal trading card. Uh, we released the metal versions of the covers. Um, the thing that we're doing tonight that was unlocked at 7,500, um, the campaign video that we had done with uh, Palmer Productions, when we do our hour-long wrap for the last hour of the campaign, we're actually going to debut live the blooper reel version of that, which is actually longer than the other version. And uh, yeah, there's some stupid stuff on there that happened during the filming. So that's what's happening during the last hour is we actually are debuting the blooper reel cut of the, uh, of the campaign video, so... I was under the impression that you and Matt, uh, Matt and Steph were perfect. Like that's what Chuck said. He sent me many meal, many emails about how perfect you guys are. So how could there be a blooper reel? Or did you? Are you so perfect? You're like people like this. We're gonna say something funny. We're gonna script a blooper reel. <laughs> they created the blooper reel. I, I think I think you're gonna have to watch to find out because it's gonna be the most important blooper reel reveal ever in the history of Insymmetry Creations. <laughs> Oh, all right. Does anybody want my tickets to the AEW? I can't miss this. <laughs> I think the only thing he missed was getting closer and closer to the camera the whole time. We're like, just start freaking people out a little bit. I like Chuck's promotion idea of being like, oh, you could skip this one. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, seriously, like, don't even get it. Like, don't waste your time. It, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get lost. It's too confusing for you. Just just wait till the next one. The promotion strategy I might like to try is just be, like, super, super targeted. Like, if your name is Mike Johnson, this is the comic for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, with it being Belial, this is actually the kind of stuff that could probably work. Right. This is the worst comic ever. No one on the planet should ever be touching this comic. This is horrible. You know, you could probably go that direction, and it would actually work for Belial. Yeah, yeah totally good. I'm gonna buy two, right? I think you should only do like really bad book, like Ravager 2099, like the things that people like have hated over the years. Darkhawk's a big seller. Do a Darkhawk homage. <laughs> do it. Do a Star Wars Christmas special homage cover for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. One thing I'm not going to do when I'm promoting a campaign again is uh, like hot sauce 
shots or anything like that. So I destroyed my throat with that. Yeah, you don't, you don't like gimmicks like that? Pussy! Massive pussy! Snort a line! See where you're at! One thing, Sam, some thing we didn't tell you. If Chuck pops onto the uh, live stream tonight, we'll have him do hot sauce shots for the <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm working that night. What? That's tonight! I'm pretty sure I'm working tonight now. He just lose my ticket to AEW. I mean, he doesn't live in Florida or anything. He just wants to know that other people can't go, because he has <laughs> Greg, you could just do shots of V8. Who's gonna know? There you go. Right? Yeah, that's not from the beginning. Oh, this is so hot. Actually, I did that in that stream. Uh, one of them was not hot at all. It was like barbecue sauce, basically. And I was like, that was the hottest one. Did you guys watch the stream when Chuck decided he was gonna do like eat as many saltine crackers as he possibly could for us for I backers? So. Chuck was yeah. like, Chuck was like, okay, Matt and Steph, I'm gonna let you guys guess. Do you want me to have six saltines? or seven saltines, or eight saltines. And we're like, of course we're going to pick the highest number possible. And Chuck went to eat these things, and he like slightly coughed in the middle. And it was just dust out in the camera, dust in his nose, and was like completely choking on camera. It was yeah, like the, the WWE, like the... <laughs> you know what he should have done? You guys should have done this the dumbass fucking challenge, and I'll tell you what it is. The spiciest hot wings plus cinnamon. Oh, the cinnamon challenge is a big spoonful of cinnamon. Yeah, but dude, just oh both of them like put a whole fucking dump load on so, that. So you, so you eat like those waiver. You got to eat the waiver wings and to cool it off, a big spoonful of cinnamon. No, actually, that would actually be pretty dangerous. Just basically do the, say, yeah. the dusting of the cinnamon on top, like a pretty heavy dusting, and have them eat it at the same time. You'll have to deal with the other additional, just that killer spice of the cinnamon, even alone. I mean. The cinnamon alone is not going to burn you too bad, right? But you put it on top of something already hot and you're suffering. That's just <clears throat> right there. And then on the top of it, the fact that, you know, you're the fact that it's dry and it's like, like insult to injury. Just I think of the worst things ever. But, you know, you guys got to do that. For a stretch goal for ink, too, I'll just do it. The Tide Pod ch challenge. Just do that. If that's yeah, right. It's like it's not as it's not as sweet as it looks. You'd have to go back to 2018 and explain what the Tide Pod Challenge that was. was. That's, wow, that's right? <laughs> you, you know what though? For for Ink, you could do something like if we hit this insane number, I will get a uh, tattoo of the a the choice of backers. Stamp. No, a, a backers stamp. a backer choice tattoo. Yeah, backer's choice. Yeah, backer's choice tattoo, dude. <laughs> you have to tattoo yourself of Ink's butthole. <laughs> that's that's kind of awkward because tat uh, Ink is based off my tattoo artist. So oh, he's okay. like, "Wait, just let me get the mirror." <laughs> he's checking himself out while tattooing. <laughs> <laughs> <Tattooing> your ass. <laughs> Can't forget the dimples. <laughs> I think this spot needs to be a little darker. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's a good place to stop. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right in the asshole. That's a good space. <laughs> so Tim Larson, um, I'm trying to think of the name of his book right now. Um, it's a motorcycle book. I can't think of what it's called. Um, Mayfield 8. What's that? Mayfield 8. Mayfield 8. So one of his things was uh, there's a there's a prostitute in the book 
who has names tattooed on her. And if you, you spent a, a certain level of backing, you could get your name tattooed on her back. So she tattooed everyone she's done on her back. Uh, <laughs> nice. I thought that was an uh, interesting pledge level. <laughs> no, that's definitely an awesome idea. That's funny. I gotta stop with the like uh, people in the comic. Like you add your likeness to the character or something because I'm we're still behind on doing it because we mastered <laughs> our first issue and then I'm like, oh, we still gotta add all these people. So. <laughs> well, and then sometimes you don't ask the artist whether or not they're capable of doing that. And I found some artists like don't know how to do that or they don't do it well, so they don't like to do it. That was uh, something I was I was like, but you're an artist, just do it. Like, and they're like, no, <laughs> no, but you're like, you draw things, like just draw this person. They're like, no, that's not what I do. Uh, they, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> it's like we're gonna have to start over. I'm talking to an artist, right? <laughs> it's like, listen, I draw monsters. It's like, yeah, it's my friend, just draw them. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Like, okay. Cool. I did show you this, Greg. I did. Uh, this is one of the cool promos we we just we announced that I'll give you an announcement since your hundredth episode. We we talked about it in a private group, but if you want to share my screen, there you go. Do it. That is going to be for all the first day backers. We're going to give that really cool playing card, Cthulhu uh, St. Patrick's Day fun. Nice. He looks cool. That's cool. Matt's on the phone. Quick. Unmute us, Matt. We want to talk to whoever you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, tell them that you're on the 100th episode of Seeing Over Comics. Hey, my, my, daughter just, uh, my daughter just finished off in an undefeated college showcase tournament, so they were just giving me a little oh. updates on that. Oh, nice. And that's Woo! more important than Nova 100th episode? It's not. I'm literally still on the Sierra Nova episode, so I literally am multitasking right now while writing an article, yeah. while posting. So look, that just goes to show you have to be able to split your brain multiple ways to be a Yeah. Fan, so. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeff's got to get out. Oh. Why? I didn't see that. Hey, guys. Well, I got, I got some... Uh, Chores I gotta get done, but thank you so much. Don't ride on the top of a car's roof. Having me. I miss you, Jeff. Good, good luck with your stupid kids. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> have a good one. All right, you have a good day. Nice to meet you. Stupid kids. <laughs> it just popped up. I started laughing immaturely. <laughs> I like that Sierra is bringing Dwayne out uh, of, of retirement. I haven't seen him in a while. He's messaged me this week. Like, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> How bad knows this when he drives us good. <laughs> I was sitting, I got the, so John and I, we did a, a cross promo. And um, I got the colored version of the final art while I was sitting in Friday night St. Petersburg rush hour traffic and luckily I got a traffic jam on I-275 and was in stop traffic and I, he was like he's like hey man can you send me the image and so I had to pull it up on my phone I'm like dude I'm literally in stop traffic in St. Pete right now but here you go so so he's this is literally a, a real world experience that he just had with me a couple days ago right <laughs> I I was on a show the other day. I was actually on my show, and I was doing some promo for a book that I'm on. And I was 
trying to run a panel for all these ladies, and uh, I haven't actually I haven't told really almost any of you guys this, but I have some. Uh, I've been working as a um, story consultant for a potential TV show, and um, I got news about it while I was on the show, and he's like, "You got to look at this right now," and I'm like. I'm trying to give these ladies like all of my attention. And meanwhile, you're like, dude, 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 you got to look at this. And I was like, all right, well, awesome. But I can't do anything about it because we're live. Hello. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we talked about Belial being like on Adult Swim or something. Yeah, yeah, I still want to try to do that. Uh, trying to get some time with uh, Sean Barbour to talk about a script is difficult. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a busy man. That, oh, yeah. That creepy pasta <laughs> I drive for Babar or something like that, yeah? Sir. Server. <laughs> I'm fucking Server. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I was thinking Babar, the fucking elephant king that's, guy. That's what I was doing, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That was actually a pretty rad book. I think it was French or Belgian. That was yep. actually pretty fucking cool. Like that book, where like when you read it, you're like, God damn, this was a cool book. Especially when they shot his mom in front of him, he's all crying, running the fuck up. Like, like, ah! <laughs> are you the one who was like, are you that one kid who was like, the best part of Bambi was when his motherfucking mom died? Like, bam! <laughs> I mean, it's weird because, like, I grew up in California where, like, we did the whole, like, nature thing and stuff. I mean, we weren't in a hippie area. I mean, like, they just taught us not to be dumbasses in nature, which is good. Like, don't fucking throw garbage out there. Like, leave no, leave only footprints. When you see deer speed up. I'm going to fights with bears, damn it. Uh, there would be more light mountain lions. But, like, you know, like, people with mountain lions and shit, you know, they, they, they would be there. We would be familiar with those. But deer would fucking eat everything except the oleander. And when I went to Rome, I think I went to Pompeii, and they said, "Yes, one one leaf for your husband, the second le- two leaves for your mother-in-law." I'm like, Jesus Christ, because deer won't eat oleander because it's poisonous, and it was used as a poison by the Romans and teas and stuff to kill people. Wow. I found that out much later. I was like, oh, I knew it was poisonous and it was used as poison, but they had a very dark sense of humor about it in Pompeii when I went on a tour with my mom. And it was just like, yeah, they just, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, so it's like the deer, I re- remember like having all those trees up where my parents used to live and in NorCal. And it was so funny because the deer would never do anything to it, but they put all the heavy netting on every, like, this is like heavy, heavy netting because deer will fucking eat everything. And I kind of hate deer because like my mom, like it's, oh, look at all the deer. They ate all my peaches and everything. And I'm walking around. It's like, oh, why did, where did mom get these pretty little black pebbles? And she said, they flew everywhere too. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I was stepping on deer shit. Like, I I mean, I just don't like deer because they're dumb and they're dirty. Like they, like anybody that's actually hunted said that they're actually, their assholes cleaner than their head because of all the fucking vermin living on them. (laughs) Deer shit, shit, assholes, end episode. Yeah. yeah, right, there you go. Cutscene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I, I think the funniest thing I've heard with deers is just, uh, I think one of my uh, friends from high school had like five accidents involving deers. And okay. one, of the, one of them was like they stopped with plenty of time and then the deer just ran into the side of their car, <laughs> broke its neck. They're not <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> like, it's wobbling off of its neck. <laughs> it's like, they're so stupid. 
It's just like, and it. Yeah, yeah. just like just, just freaked out, and even though it wasn't on the side of the road, just ran in your fucking car. There yeah, it's like, it, it's like, oh no, you missed. They're <laughs> 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 really kind of not very smart creatures, and supposedly they have better eyesight. So I don't know what the fuck that's about. Like, even if they like say, oh, they have poor eyesight. You would think that how they're wired, because to avoid predators, oh, big thing rushing at me, I should go the opposite way. It, no. But it's the light, though. I think it's the light they love. Like, the claw it moves. Like, they're just, like, drawn to it. <laughs> go to the light. Go to the light, Carol Ann. Go to the light. <laughs> I remember so, like, uh, a minivan, like, they hit a fawn by accident. One of my friends' minivan hit a fawn. And I, I know that's sad. I'm not rejoicing over like i'm hitting a baby but it's just like over the progressive years i've realized that a lot of them are fucking dumb what <laughs> those things anyway sorry i interrupted somebody no 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 you you were on to on topic yeah it's probably gonna talk about moose or something what i was gonna mention though since it is your 100th episode and whatnot um it's easy to ask stupid questions like here's your favorite guest and that bullshit but what i would say is since you guys are primarily watched by a lot of creators um and we have a lot of creators who are just coming out and just starting to do like their first podcast and stuff what do you guys think having done 100 episodes what do you think are the best um traits of a good interview as far as the guest is concerned. So what kind of things should they look out for and and uh, uh, maybe consider when they're going to sit down at a prestigious podcast state that's hit 100 episodes? Do, do you mean like what's good advice for the guest or what, what's good for advice guest. for the interview? For the guest? For the guest. Uh, be interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like talk. Don't just like be like me and sit there. Um, and then, <laughs> and the host should probably actually just not be boring. Like, don't do what Greg does. And then... <laughs> uh, yeah, just like be interesting and uh, talk about something other than just your crowdfunding campaign. Like, we want to like know more about you. We don't want to just be like, this is my link, and then yeah, it's like twenty-four pages. And like, That's cool, but like, what about you? Yeah, that's definitely probably the biggest thing. That, that's something like our uh, first couple episodes were mostly just that. Besides, yeah, like uh, Travis telling me to watch the Terminator and he won't come back until I watch that. So, yeah. Have you watched it? Oh yeah, I saw one and two like shortly after. He's like, "You have to watch this, or I won't come back on your podcast." <laughs> like, I mean, you gotta have standards, Chuck. You can't just fucking go on a podcast because some idiot hasn't seen Terminator. I mean. It's just... <laughs> Travis, not not to not to uh, like write off that, but like the, I literally had the same scenario, but with a different movie. Um, for anyone who's seen The Princess Bride, I use that I use that as reference all the time. Like I just like a lot of the like a lot of the retorts I'll say are just from that movie. And one day he he's over my apartment, we're working on comics, and I said something, and I realized he didn't respond to that. I'm like. I don't think he gets that reference. And I asked him, like, you ever see the princess ride? He's like, no. And I'm like, you need to get out of my house until you've seen that because you're not going to understand any you conversation. Should, you should no, have no. turned it on for him you right can, there. You can ask Greg. I, he, I literally kicked him out of my house until he saw the movie. Wow. <laughs> that would be I, easier I, than any of the other chicks that I would know. 
You didn't go see Princess Bride? But he's like, get the fuck out of my house till you. Well, because well, because like it's different than like a random person or even a friend. I'm like, we're we're gonna be doing business together. You're not gonna understand half the stuff I'm talking about if you don't watch this movie. Like, it's gonna go right over you your head. You like his like, girlfriend. God damn, like. <laughs> Movie, you will fucking understand me when I fucking do. You know, that, that's <laughs> shit, dude. Fuck. Uh, saying that. I always say shit that no one else will fucking say because I'm a girl. You need to go play Hello Kitty Adventure Island, or you're not gonna understand. <laughs> yeah, actually, somebody called me Pikachu, and I said, I said, well, at least you don't call me Hello Kitty. I'll fucking plug you. And we were all fucking with each other. So we were just fucking with each other because I was because like, he's a southern white guy and we were messing with each other on that. So like he he took a lot of the like jabs too. So it wasn't like it wasn't malicious. But I said, by the way, disclaimer, I'm not actually gonna go kill him. So just this is all jokes. That's also good. If you're a guest on a podcast and you do threaten someone, make sure everyone knows it's a joke because if you're, it's the first time you're a guest on a podcast, they might be like, Oh shit, like who like where are they located? I'm gonna need to call somebody. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I was good. And they said, oh, the screen went dark on her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm just here screaming in the background. But, but yeah, definitely uh, back on Chuck's question about, like, being a good guest. Um, you know, half joking with the, you know, just be interesting. But seriously, though, something that I, I talk to artists a lot about is that, you know, th there's going to be a lot of people that are going to create art, whether it's music, comic books, film, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to create the same things that you create. They're going to be very similar. Uh, maybe it's similar looks, similar stories, similar lessons, whatever it might be. And one of the things that's going to make somebody want to back your Kickstarter or buy your comics or your merchandise is how much they like you as a creator, right? Like there's already top tier, you know, Hollywood elite creating movies right like they're going to be excellent it's going to be very hard to compete with them and in order to compete with them part of your story like meaning your comic book story is going to be you yourself like and your you know what made this story important to you because a lot of that stuff isn't going to be able to get shared in like your first couple of comics they're going to want to learn more about you and that that's like, like a lot of the people that have been here tonight <clears throat> or today what well, depends on where you are in the world i guess it's still today for me so uh but Basically, a lot of the people that have been here, like they, they keep coming back, and it's because they they like Greg and I, at least to a little bit degree, or they like making fun of us. Either way, they like us in some fashion, and because of that, they they want to return, and that's what you want to do for your fans. You want to make sure there's something other than just your comic that's interesting, because if that's the only thing that's interesting about you, like there's other good comics out there, right? Uh, I want to state for the record that I never said I liked Greg or Dylan. Um, just, just <laughs> recorded. I've never said that. I'm not saying it's true or not. I'm just saying I've never said it. Just come out and fuck you, Greg. That's it. <laughs> Second, um, until Ink Two comes out, he doesn't remaster four fucking books. Like, give me an Ink Two. Uh, him and I will never be friends uh, or, or anything professional. Uh, you know, there's things that I like, which is Ink. And there's things that I don't really care about, which is everything else. Greg, no. <laughs> so you know, please. I, I will let you know, Travis, that that's that's also like my like I, I can't wait to get our second issue of Ink done. We've written it's all written now, right? We've already on the move for that. We're just we got to start getting the artwork done for it, and I'm super excited about that. I, I actually asked him yesterday or the other day, and I was like, when can you like start the art? <laughs> <laughs> like July, I was like, 
cool. I really want that out. <laughs> yeah, Travis has already sent six death, death notes and uh, death threats, and uh, we're trying to get those uh, get those final. <laughs> I've already commissioned people to write it myself. I'll just you know, yeah. I'll like, I'll like a page up, and he's like, "Hey, I need somebody to write this. To draw this page." I did. By the way, I, I'm on page ten right now. I'm almost. I'm getting there, dude. I'm getting there. <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't have to be hard. Just put ink on a page. You know, it's. Yeah. If I don't understand it, just go. It's it's meta, Travis. You just don't understand meta, and then I'll feel <laughs> stupid and I'll say it's great, like because I just don't. <laughs> you just don't get it, man. That's the yeah. name of the issue. It's meta. <laughs> it's meta. <laughs> You can also say like Travis, you're from Florida, because everybody seems to say that. Like it's right. like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, they they do that with me in Texas, and I'm like, yeah, I live here. It doesn't mean I'm from here. <laughs> they say, oh, you're from California to me. I'm like, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> the weather. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I I'm from Delaware. <laughs> like, I'm from Delaware. Who cares? <laughs> So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up finally. It's been like two hours. So. Yeah, had enough of Chuck over here. Do you guys do like 24-hour <laughs> sessions like on the regular? No. <laughs> oh, all right, never mind then. <laughs> He's like, fun. I thought we had some champions over here. <laughs> right? They're pushing out, not me. I, I was actually going to take you guys with me for the next couple of hours. We're going to watch a wrestling pay-per-view together. I was oh, are you ready to rumble? Yeah, we already got a Comic-Con today. We might as well add wrestling to it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Anyone go into like a toy show? You know, car show? Something, something else. No, but I am going to go door dashing, so you can come and help me deliver. <laughs> yeah, this is what I got right here. Um, this is my neighbor, Steve. He likes burgers. <laughs> today he got a taco. Really threw me off. Yeah. What is a cheeseburger taco? <laughs> Oh, nice. She looks like she's focusing. Well, we can wonder what, wonder what she's focusing on right now. See? I mean, she's chained to like a fucking thing. I mean, this is the best thing ever because now she actually has like, she has a place to live and to sleep. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. She's very lucky. Oh, you yeah. Know what I would like you to make, Chris, which would be great as an add-on for one of your campaigns. I would like a... Um, one of those Jesus, like, like in this, the minute I see this, because I see it's long size, one of those Jesus tracks, you know, for deep. Oh, the chick tracks. I actually got bored and I ordered a fuck ton of them because I said, I'm going to read through. And then half, like a quarter, like through one stack, I just said, I can't read this anymore. This is soul sucking. I think you need one for demon bitch. And we start leaving it around, make them super cheap. You oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do a track. <laughs> that's, that is that is about the most sacrilegious thing that I've heard coming from the pastor. That is hilarious. on, Travis Gibb? I've never said I was good at being a pastor. <laughs> For the record, I just said I was maybe, a legal pastor. <laughs> maybe I'll go and like ask my friends instead of like because I have already the fan art in the book. But man, maybe I can ask them to do like a chick track or something. Like just draw this little chick track and then just be like, hey, that's. I, I have yet to find anyone on the planet who has ever been saved by one of those. Like someone read one and was like, this is going to change my life. I am going to give up sin because when I was pissing, I found this little track. I don't think that happened. 
I was reading those chick tracks and it's funny because like he ordered he like actually hired black artists to draw for the black community version of nice. it. Which was, it was him. weird. Like he just switched the pictures because when I got the chick tracks, I got like all of them, you know, like a whole chunk of them. So they had the the white community or whatever community, then they had the black community. So it was like I guess it was the white and black community. That's the ones I got. And then I got the other one. They didn't even t change the names or anything. They just fucking just changed the images and shit. And some of them were really drawn terribly. And some of them were actually really good. Like the guy that they hired to draw for the black community. I think he died recently, like a year or two ago. It wasn't that long ago. But he drew really, really well. I was like, why the fuck do you have? Are you illustrating for this shit? You could be doing other shit right now, dude. Oh, sorry, I had the cattail. See here? Mm -hmm. I remember finding one that said, do you like spiders? And it went from, Jesus also likes spiders. And it told me about Jesus. I just, <laughs> <laughs> weird segue. Like, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> I was like, wait, what does this got to do with Jesus? Okay, I'm sure he likes spiders. Great, they're all God's creations. You're like, okay, uh, all right, whatever. I'm confused now. I mean, maybe if I found it at a spider pet store, like. <laughs> maybe you could save the spiders. I don't know. I've been spending the last couple of uh, minutes now just trying to figure out what this was. <laughs> what? The, the chick tracks that you guys were talking about. I'm like, what is Oh, yeah, Jack Chick. Yeah. It, <laughs> he was located, I think, in like East LA. It's like near almost San Bernardino. He died, like, obviously a, a few years back, but. I think they still have a store and shit. So it's like, I just ordered a fuck ton of chick tracks. I don't know how they're going to continue on, but it's pretty funny. So Matt, since we're leaving, we should do something good for Matt. Matt, if you can get to 200 backers, which is going to be super hard. If you get 200 backers, why don't you go ahead and give that Cthulhu invades Oz PDF? You want to do that? I mean, it's, it's only 160 pages of original graphic novel for to get 200 backers. I mean, I, I think that's doable, right? You know what? And that, yeah, and then you know what? I, hey, you know what? If that's what you want to do, I think that's a great idea. We can, I, we can I think we should do because I think it's a because you were at eight thousand at one point, right? And then people messed around. Yeah, we. Right. Yeah, we, this is unacceptable. We need yeah, to we need true. to fight back. So let's go to two hundred backers, which is easier to get than than the money wise, and hopefully yeah. it'll translate to the money wise. And you know what? I think that's a great idea. I can tell you this much: for people that have never seen Cthulhu Invades Oz. We talk about that book at our table as much as we talk about our own stuff, just yeah. by having a couple copies of it there. Because people are like, tell me, what is this Cthulhu Invades Oz thing? And we get to talk about it. And the thing that I always say is it's one of the coolest anthologies that I've ever seen or been a part of because the curator being Travis made sure that this is a single story arc. If he had team A and team B and he thought a story was going to go a certain way, and it didn't go that way. Travis took it upon himself to write piece C to put in between there to ensure it was going to be a single arc. And people really like that. And I'm like, hey, there's a sequel that's going to be coming out in Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. And just knowing the intensity with which Travis puts into making sure that this is a an arc, not just a bunch of random stories, really sells people. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be day one backers that have probably come from myself and Steph and other people that have these books their tip was we're not the only ones because it's an easy book to talk about. So I really do appreciate that. I'll make sure it gets out here in an update here very shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that out. Let's see if we can get you 20 more backers with that. I think that's doable. Sounds good. I Chuck, you never looked better, Chuck. Yeah. And if you guys like as a final like shitty plug, you can go follow my Kickstarter. It's not going to be up until the 22nd. 
but yeah, follow it. And when it goes live, it'll remind you probably annoyingly. <laughs> Chuck, you got anything going on? You don't seem to uh, yeah, I do. I've got Cryptic Cases on Kickstarter for two more days. I edited that book. Really great mindfuck of a book. So if you like that kind of stuff in the veins of like Memento, Monkey Paw, that kind of stuff, check it out. Um, I've got um, Clarity Girl and Base Force with uh, Chris Masma, which I'm a part of. I edited uh, some uh, pieces in that one. Checked out as, out as well. And then I also worked on um, editing a piece for Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. Battle Royale, the third book, so go check that one out. And then, of course, next week we're going to be dropping Cthulhu Invades Wonderland, which I got to be a big part of, and I absolutely loved it. And I just love being a part of that book. Um, Does it have a lot and, of death and mayhem? Because yeah, my, my, my favorite parts are being able to see the amazing stuff that other people are doing, and then being able to kill off and work with characters that I've been reading since I was a kid. So uh, amazing books. You guys will love them. Check them all out. And I let Chuck kill off the big one this time. I, I made him kill off someone. He was, he was scared to do it. I was scared to do it. I, I'm happy with how I did it, but I was, I was scared to do it. And that's why I had him do it. So I, when someone goes, hey, did you do that? I was like, no, Chuck did it. I was working with Lawrence Hubbard, and um, there was, he's a good friend of mine. He does real deal comics. So it's about people in the fucking ghetto. And they do all sorts of crazy shit. And so I said, you know, because like I said, there's this like what we knew that um, Lovecraft was hella racist, right? So sure. I said, Hey, how about them like fucking like smoking angel dust and like driving all the way across the country to fucking Massachusetts where they fucking have to deal with this shit? <laughs> so I I, 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 held, I wrote the story and he said, God damn, <laughs> it's not like that long, but I can't talk about it that much. But it's really funny. And Dwayne, if you want to like uh, yeah, to close to close it out, share yours, Dwayne. Oh, okay. All right, uh, share it. Yeah, as, as the as the host of the hostess with the Moses, host of the most. <laughs> We're all waiting on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, good time too. So this is uh, the Salvation Kickstarter. Um, yeah, this is the main character. His name is Vaughn. As I said earlier, he is the tragedy, tragic star character. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, that I really wanted to do though, is that a lot of people used to always ask me about was when we go to conventions, if some of the our other character, the Nightfall, Michael's Awakening character. His name is Michael Vash. If we were going to do like some kind of like crossover or anything, so I wanted to draw both characters together and i decided to put it as an add-on so we have uh michael here and he's the werewolf and you have uh vaughn who's actually a demon so this is vaughn and vash here and then also i did another one with them together and i called it wolf and the demon so this is a uh, one of the cool new add-ons that we added like i said we're going to be adding a few more um rewards and add-ons as things go closer and closer towards the end, just to you know spice things up a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know we have uh, tons and tons of awards. My favorite award though is actually uh, <clears throat> the t-shirt one because you still get the uh, two t-shirts 
um, the variant covers, which is go back down here um, for both covers, uh, both comics is this is the top one is issue zero, and this one here is issue one. Because um, variant covers was something also that we were people were asking me about in um, for the Nightfall series, so we decided to do variant covers. Um, and all of the variant covers are also going to be uh, hollow, holographic as well. So we're going to be paying, you know, $16 for two holographic covers, which is pretty good for a price, if you ask me. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, right now we are, I think it just went up, actually. It's uh, four something. It's pretty good. Ah, 413. So that's pretty good, you know. It was just getting into the nitty gritty of it all. So you know, hopefully, uh, you guys should check it out and uh, back it because we all have all of the rewards we have already available. So we, we want to try to really ship that out as fast as possible. So we already have half of it already, just in case we are successful, we can start shipping as soon as we um, end the reward. I mean, end the Kickstarter. So, yeah. Noise. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming and the other people that were on before. I do have a question, though, for Travis, though. Uh, Chuck, I think you're a wrestling fan, too, right? Correct? Nope. Nope? Oh, Yo, what's up? It's you, Travis. Uh, who's, who's, uh, who do you think is going to win the title match tonight? Ooh. Mm. To be honest, I don't care because CM Punk's fighting MJ. MJ. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's going to be a long match, or do you think it's going to be short? I think it's going to be probably the longest match, and I think we're going to yeah. see Jeff Hardy tonight. And yeah, MJ, MJF, the best heel in the business Jeff. right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, th those that match, I don't even care about the championship match. I really don't. I mean, and that's what one of the things that AEW does well. Like, I really don't. I can't even half the time name you as a champion because it's so irrelevant because their stories are so good. <laughs> No. But I gotta go. My wife is coming in, so I have to take off. Uh, Run! <laughs> can't let her know I was on the internet. Much love, Heather. I only get fifteen minutes a day. <laughs> yeah, fellas, I'm gonna have to jump too. I've got this article I'm posting. I gotta get ready for our live stream in five and a half hours. Got a bunch of graphics to make. If you haven't checked it out, go to tinyearl.com forward slash airs tpp one. Like Travis was saying, we've been battling. We always have this weird thing happen in the last forty eight hours where. We have people back out or some rogue people and stuff like that. So we're always fighting to get back to where we were. And we need everybody's help there to try to get there, to try and finish this thing off strong. We will be on a live stream tonight, Steph and I, at 8 o'clock. We will debut the blooper reel from Palmer Productions from our video uh, that's on our Kickstarter campaign. If you can't laugh at yourself, uh, why should anybody else? Um, so right. hopefully you guys will join us. And uh, maybe Chuck will come on there and he will eat some kind of a nefarious item. And we'll go from there. Maybe. Congrats on your uh, 100th episode, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Easy, Matt. Thank you so much, guys, for having us on. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for nice coming. to end with that little cat shake in the back too. Yeah. <laughs> That's fan. He runs around like a moron. Anyway. <laughs>